0: Welcome to episode 85 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play A Short Hike. You can find all things Left Behind Game Club on Twitter at Left Behind Club, on Instagram at Left Behind Game Club, and on our website at leftbehindgame.club. There, you can join our Discord server where we talk about video game news, video game deals, and a lot of other topics. If you love the show, you can support us in one of two ways, through a review on your favorite podcasting platform or on podchaser.com, and you can send the show to someone who likes video games. It helps a lot. A Short Hike is a little exploration game about hiking up a mountain. In this game, you'll hike, climb, and soar through the peaceful mountainside landscapes of Hawk Peak Provincial Park. Follow the marked trails or explore the backcountry as you make your way to the summit. Along the way, you'll meet other hikers, discover hidden treasures, and take in the world around you. This is a short hike. Let's get right into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCourt, and today I have three friends with me. The first friend, you know him, you love him, his name is Michael Ruffalo.
1: I'm excited to talk about a really cool game.
0: And here to talk about a cool game with Michael is our second friend, Mo Murtati. Yeah,
2: buddy, let's go, another shorty.
0: And our third friend, uh, first time on the podcast, uh, Blake Guthrie, the co-founder of EpilogueGaming.com. Blake, Welcome! thanks for having me. It's time to talk about climbing a mountain. (laughs) Yeah! Um, Before we get into the game, do you want to just tell the folks uh, what epiloguegaming.com is all about?
3: Yeah, sure. So, um, Epilogue Gaming is basically a community of people, and we kind of dedicate our work to examining video games as art, as literature, as a storytelling medium. Uh, We kind of try to take a more academic uh, approach to games, and we do articles and podcasts and Twitch streams and all sorts of things. Uh, So, yeah. Check out our website at bloggaming.com.
0: Wonderful. And today, the game that we are here to talk about is called A Short Hike. It is developed and published by Adam Robinson Yu, a.k.a. Adam G-R-Y-U on Twitter. Uh, It is available on Mac, on PC, and Linux. Gentlemen, if you had to give us the fast pitch on this game, so essentially a one-sentence pitch on this game, how would you pitch a short hike and this time I will start because there have been complaints in the past that I start, I go last and then I have the best one so let me just give you wow. a very short description an adventure game about about nothing that resembles Animal Crossing a whole lot uh,
2: Mo do you want to go next? Yeah sure so I guess I would say it's a low fidelity adventure game where you're climbing mountains and on occasion you, I guess, majestically fly around the environment that you're enjoying visually. And essentially, once you're back from that mountain, you're just like, all right, all done. Bye-bye.
0: Mike, uh, what's your fast pitch on a short hike?
1: Sisyphus meets Wind Waker meets A Night in the Woods.
3: Ooh. And then Blake, you're, you're last. That's strikingly similar to mine. I was going to say you take Night in the Woods' as characters and you take Breath of the Wild's traversal, you put it into a blender and pour yourself a shot glass.
2: I knew I liked you, Blake. Wow, that's actually pretty sweet praise considering it was like, what, one developer and they built all of this game and you're comparing it to Breath of the Wild? Wow. Yeah,
0: it was one person with a team of other people that helped out. Um, so, gentlemen, what did you know about a short hike before we started this one? I'll, I'll start this time with Mike.
1: So, I, I knew nothing about it. Um, I had no idea until you said or suggested, let's play a short hike for the podcast. And I looked it up. It looked really cute. Um, It suggested that it was of short length. Um, So I said, absolutely. Why not? Let's try it.
0: Uh, Blake, what did you know about a short hike before we started this?
1: I think it first caught my attention by some
3: Twitter gif that, Passed through my timeline and i like to follow indie games based on little aesthetic things like that but i had no idea that there was going to be this narrative inside of this game um i picked it up on i think it went on sale on steam and i was in a rush in december of last year to try and play as many tiny indie games um that came out in 2019 before writing a game of the year list i didn't want to miss anything and so a short hike was actually the last one in my cram session it was like the perfect uh decompression from all of that
2: and mo what did you know about a short hike man absolutely nothing i didn't know a single thing it's just like with any of the other games we usually kind of get recommended for the podcast most of them i don't know so i do that typical quick little search like see the box art what kind of gameplay is it and i started seeing all these like awards like 10 out of 10 um review uh 9.5 out of 10 best new indie game blah blah blah, like on steam and i was like oh no it's probably one of those niche games where like only certain Specific people like it, but because they're the ones doing the reviews, it's gonna get a positive review. So that's pretty much it.
1: Like one hour a game, how does it get all these awards? I'm, I'm kind of amazed, Mo, that you actually read reviews and and you know looked at any of that. <laughs> I thought you were a guy who chose games based purely on the aesthetic.
2: No, I think almost every game, I usually do a quick little research, like a Google search essentially. I shouldn't say research, just to see who's who are the type of people that kind of like this game is it meant for me or is it for meant for like other people who like just stories essentially
1: so what was the biggest takeaway that you had when you were when you were looking at those reviews
2: i think mostly just across the board nine out of tens and positive reviews like there's nothing that ever implied that it's a bad game it's always positive positive this is great game of the year you have to try this that's all i pretty much saw Everyone pretty much loved the game. It's the same thing everywhere, just positive, positive, positive.
1: Gotcha. And and Jacob, what was your knowledge of A Short Hike before we began?
0: So I was the one that suggested it, and it, it kind of came up twice. So Patrick Klepek over at Waypoint, he wrote an article late last year about A Short Hike and how... He had missed it, and it was one of the best games he had played all year. Kind of like you, Blake, where you said, I tried to cram it at the end of the year. It was like the last thing that he played as well, and he was just like blown away by it. And then I was reminded about a short hike because it was free on Epic Game Store. And so I have it now twice because, as we know, <laughs> I'm an idiot and own multiple copies of games. Um, <laughs> but I was I was very happy that, that we played this one. So um, knowing that, I, I'm assuming that most of us played it. I played it on my Mac with a PS4 controller um mike did i cut you off
1: no no all i was gonna add is that we all know that you have a, a hole in your pocket the size of any game that you already own uh, <laughs> yeah. and, very good and, uh, yeah i i also i also played it on my pc only i used an xbox elite controller um and i i think i was able to play it because i got it free as part of the epic uh epic giveaways
0: uh blake how did you play this one
3: Uh, I initially played it on Steam with my DualShock 4 controller, um, and when I went back to revisit this game, I decided just to play around with mouse and uh, keyboard, which I thought was equally accessible. One of the things that impresses me about this game is how easy it is to pick up mechanically.
2: And then, Mo, how did you play? Yeah, I played it on Steam um, using the Xbox, you know, fancy controller, the Elite uh, Series 1 um i swear i have this game somewhere on like gog or epic or some kind of store but i just didn't know where to find it so i just picked it up yeah it was like i want to say maybe 7.99 or 10 dollars something around there
0: so we've compared it to night in the woods we've talked about breath of the wild like that is a that is a big ticket that this game has to punch um how would you describe kind of what it is like playing a short hike
1: well a short hike it is a small world but it gives you uh, an expansive sense of possibility. Um, you know, you, you, I guess you load in, um, you know, mentally shifting yourself away from the, the world that you're, you're in. Um, and it starts with a loading screen with a car and, and a short dialogue between you, the protagonist, Claire and your aunt, aunt may um, talking about your, you, you know, your experience going to, to the Island and, and escaping for a little bit. and, um it's it's got this aesthetic of a car driving at night or early early morning uh and when you get to the island it's it's day out and it's bright and it's got um you know some beautiful colors and it's just really expansive you you get a, a sense right at the beginning or at least i did that as much as this is a small game and there probably wasn't a, a huge amount of area to to explore um there was a lot of possibility Uh, Because when I loaded up the game, uh, you know, you start at a little campfire and you're expected to run left towards the town. And I swam out to shore until the camera swooped around and showed another (laughs) island. And I was like, whoa, I should probably go back to where I know they want me to go uh, instead of exploring further. So I immediately got a sense of um, huge opportunity.
0: I think that the coolest part for me is uh, when I first booted up the game, like I had not seen video of it. Like I'd just seen GIFs. I think Blake, you mentioned uh, GIFs on Twitter. That's kind of, I, I saw those as well. I know Adam Robinson, you said that in marketing, like GIFs was one of the biggest thing that helped him with the promotion of his game. Um, but I thought that the world would be much, much smaller than it actually was. And to my surprise, despite the runtime of this game being, you know, for me, 113 minutes, Uh, the geography or the space that you had to play in was enormous and and really unlocked itself more and more as you progressed very quickly um, through the game's golden feather system, I guess.
3: I, I think the golden feather system is what really cemented this game mechanically for me because the traversal is very smooth. There's no like real environments or any textures that are hard to move around on or climb, but the golden feathers kind of gatekeep certain points of the level that intrinsically rewards anything that you want to do to earn those feathers so like some of the ways you can earn those feathers are through um simply buying them from somebody or you could find them through exploration by opening a chest Um, all these different little ways kind of everything feeds into that um, eventual climbing of the mountain where the game is kind of heading.
0: In that respect, it reminded me a lot of the Xbox 360 game Crackdown because you have (laughs) to collect a bunch of green orbs. I know it's like aesthetically and like story-wise and gameplay-wise very different, but you'll collect...
1: You're like climbing the mountain is like climbing to the top of that big tower.
0: Exactly. So you'll collect golden feathers. And as you collect them, you know, you'll be able to flap your wings. At first, I thought Claire was a penguin. But I think that that doesn't make any sense with the fact that she can actually flap her wings
2: and fly. Don't worry, Jacob, man. I I'm cons- I'm, I am still believe it's a, it's a penguin. It's not any other bird flying there. Okay, good.
1: Yeah, you and the illiterate one are on the same page.
0: <laughs> so every feather, you're able to flap your wings once. And so there are like 20 feathers in this game. I did not know and that. And as you get more of them, yeah, there are 20 total feathers really? you can get in this game.
1: Yeah. Wow, I thought I did really well and got like a lot of the feathers and it turns out I missed at least half of them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I think what's what's great and what we need to say is that this game kind of just like lets you play. Like there's no Mm -hmm. missions, there's no map. They just kind of say, okay, go and get to the top of the mountain and how you do it is totally up to you.
1: So Jacob, I don't want to take the wind out of your sails, but I think that's such a good comparison with Crackdown. Um, because, you know, at first I laughed But I, I actually see the connections You collect the orbs, they're like the feathers You, you, can, you, know, you jump to the, the high point You get a sense of, of the world Below you and around you I think that uh, is interesting And I don't know why you didn't bring it up In your short description uh, Describing the game I would have given you more props
2: Do we ever explain how the feathers or the golden feathers work in the game? Not mechanically. So essentially how it works is um, you're awarded feathers um, in the game. You can find them in chests. You can find them from vendors and buy them from them. And what they do is they increase your ability to additionally jump. So you start off with the one jump. You can get multiple jumps based off the number of feathers you have. And those jumps are also climbing abilities. So you can climb longer based off how many feathers you have. Um, And certain elements in the environment are like, let's say, you need four feathers to climb them or jump high enough to get to the next location. And that's kind of how it blocks you.
0: And blocks you from progressing...
2: And meeting new characters and
0: taking on new missions, because I think it's fair to say that in the final release of this game, I know when it was first released on Humble, it was maybe a little bit, cause this, he had a deal with Humble originally. So for the first three months, it was a Humble original that you could only get on, I think in a Humble bundle or in the, the treasure trove or whatever their service is called. And then he did mm-hmm. a full release three months later where he added a bunch of new features. And this game has a full fishing system. This game has like a fun, like volleyball, mini game in it there are like races that you can do it's fair to say that like you can tackle this game and beat it without having
2: seen one of these like
0: relatively big systems for this small game
2: one thing jacob you did mention that they don't give you a map but they do troll you with a treasure map I'm not sure if anyone else found it <laughs> yeah i found a couple yeah. of them i don't know about you guys but whenever i play a game the first thing i do is try to find where's my map or can i find the best way to navigate through places or where are the items i need to find i always try to find a map And as soon as I got that treasure map, I was like, yes, here we go. I can find everything. I'll beat this game so fast. And literally, what does the map say? There's like shiny stuff near
1: a rock. Go find it. That's all it says. Come on gave it to the wrong guy, the guy who doesn't read what happens in the game.
2: (laughs) Literally, like, give me something. Let me see where I can go, please. The the
3: closest thing to that that the game really has are these little vantage points, these binoculars that are mounted atop various places. But even then, the game kind of withholds and trolls you a little bit because it's these super blurry, washed out, almost like foggy images of the shadows of the cliffs or the lighthouse in the background and these sort of things. Um, So navigation is entirely just stamina-based. That's kind of the only real mechanical system that the game has is, again, the Breath of the Wild comparison with the stamina meter. Um, you can only go up as high as you've earned and unlocked, I did the same thing. Um, but I, I thought that that was
1: really rewarding to do. Wait, Blake, are there is there more than one of those outposts that you can look out from?
3: Yes. Okay. So you mentioned immediately when you booted up the game, swimming off the coast away from where the game kind of <laughs> intends to take you. Yeah. I did not know that that place existed because I just was a little sheeple and just followed the path, and... When watching the Game Developer Conference talk um, that Jacob sent us, uh, one of the things he talked about is in playtesting, people would tend to do what Mike did and go off in into the ocean. And so I booted up the game this morning just to see that after watching the talk. And I uh, swam up there. You can climb up the entire tower, and there's another set of binoculars up there where you can see back into the mainland. Um, there's a few of those places.
0: And I think the, the main feature on those set of islands is like obviously a huge mountain but as well there's like this little jet stream that you can like have your character go into and that probably would propel you back to the main island because you're like oh cool i think i saw all that i can see here i'm gonna go back to the main island but it's it's very interesting that you went to that island first he did a bunch of cool design things like watching that gdc talk that um that is available for anyone to watch for free uh, one of the first main missions is that you get to collect this little shovel. And what he had seen is that some people had trouble finding the shovel. So instead of, you know, limiting people, he placed five different shovels. And when you collect, collected one of them, the other four disappeared. So just like some really smart like design stuff that just made this game
2: light as a feather. So I'm kind of like playing around with Unity right now, and I don't think I've ever played a game and took down so many notes. Just small things too, like the one thing you brought up, Jacob, with the shovel being placed everywhere, and as soon as the user finds it, you kind of get rid of all of them. So it helps the user find like exactly where to go or the items they need. That's genius. I never would have thought of that. It could be like an actual development tool or something that's like standard for people, but for me, I just I just that's so unique. That's, I don't know about anyone else, but that's pretty cool.
1: I thought that was super clever, and i I thought I was just incredibly good at the game and just like <laughs> very, very lucky because I was just speeding through whenever someone you know tasked me with something or gave me a challenge um, one, I thought it was interesting that there was no like log of the different quests that you needed to complete, um, but I was able to complete them so quickly, I thought like, oh, maybe this is the reason there's no lo- there's no log on how to do it, but it turns out he's just designing around. Um, people like me who might never find it to begin with, um, and and give me like a real sense of achievement of of being able to find it so quickly and get it done. One thing I want to shout out specifically
2: is that camera. Like it was always in the right place at the right time because of like the way the platformer kind of works. It kind of gives you a little bit of a three D effect too the way it spans across the mountains. But like it's it was always perfect. It was always in the right place. It never was. You never had that awkward camera moment where you could see through someone. I don't think it got the credit that it deserves but everyone should be kind of realizing it's that camera was perfect and it always made you see exactly
1: where you need to go and add it to the game completely agree Mo like I think the platforming yeah. is so manageable and feels so good because of how good that camera is
0: I think that there's like maybe one or two instances when you're going around the island that it does a kind of very quick shift but even when it's shifting very quickly like it's not it doesn't totally wreck your flow if you're flying for gliding for example
2: the last thing I'll say about the, the map and traversal is, yeah, they don't give you an actual map. They do troll you with the treasure hunt uh, map as well, but it, you still have, like, a sense of direction. You're still able to navigate because of, like, p- landmarks throughout the, the mountain itself. You know where things are. The map is not too big where you don't know what's going on, but it is just big enough where you still feel like you're on an adventure.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, were there any other activities that, like, you really wanted to call out? Because I think specifically for me, I wanted to talk about the fishing system and how, like... After playing this game and seeing how simple and fun it was to fish, I just went back and thought, like, what are the best fishing systems in games? And this would probably be, like, in the top five, Um, like Zelda, Stardew, Animal Crossing. And this game does take a lot of cues from Animal Crossing, like, I think in character design and also, like, even when you, um, on the ground, you see little buried treasure or little buried coins, it's the same kind of star design that you would have in Animal Crossing. But um, fishing for me was like I spent probably, I think, 45 minutes this afternoon just sitting fishing, trying to get my entire like fish catalog fulfilled. Uh, And I only have four fish left, so I might go back. Did you guys have any other activities that you, like, really, really enjoyed?
2: Yeah, I think the fishing for me was my favorite. Um, when I was playing this game, though, I maybe was rushed it a little more than I should have just because I wanted to, like, experience everything in the game. So once I caught, I think, the one fish and was able to, like, progress on, I was like, oh, that's really cool. I, maybe I would do that in another time, but I didn't continue to try it. But I think that would be my favorite one.
1: I, I don't know if this is, you know, a separate mechanic, but I love the parkour stuff. Um, I thought it was really fun to to take this island that, I don't know if it was designed to be parkour like this, but to find an optimal route using the abilities of running and sprinting and flying and gliding and and climbing and, and using the different elements on the map, like bouncing off of the umbrellas which is a very cartoonish thing, but, you know, kind of fits into the type of world that, that, that he's building. Yeah, my actually, my favorite
2: thing in, like, the traversal and the parkouring is, like, you know those, like, little plants that you find sprouted randomly in the map and you find, like, a pail of water and you pour it on them and it becomes like a launch pad for you to traverse throughout the map for some reason i didn't read like what was going on or who how you're supposed to do that so i figured it out myself and felt so cool look at me creating life look at that i'm such a scientist i love every second of it
1: i don't believe that mo you didn't read it
3: <laughs> <laughs> i think one thing I, I would be remiss not to mention at this point and i don't know if we want to segue in this direction yet but um i when mentioning these certain gameplay mechanics and these little mini games i think the thing that sold all of them for me is the uh, the characters surrounding them uh, like, for example, when you first learn to climb, there's, like, this little rock climbing wall, and, like, there's this little, like, stubborn, like, wannabe tough character, and, like, just, like, these tiny little details of this insignificant task of climbing up a little rock wall, by the end of the game, you're climbing up literal mountains, but, um like, the there's these just tiny little character interactions, and these um snappy dialogue again the night in the woods comparison it just reminds me it's so brief and it's so charming and so direct and uh very human despite the fact that these are all animal like creatures um but without those characters surrounding each of those little things i don't know that i would have been as interested in deep diving into the mechanics like fishing where you sit next to the the person fishing with them and you're both kind of like awkwardly sitting there in silence all those little moments help
1: for me. I I think that's such a great point. And I think what we've discussed so far is so much of, you know, how to play uh, a short hike, but it doesn't really describe what it's like to play a short hike, which is at least in my, in my experience of it was extremely meditative. Um, I felt it was just genuinely pleasant and calming and peaceful. And uh, especially when you, you take these moments to sit down and fish or to, you know, partake in an activity that is, you know, not not very clearly part of what you need to do to progress to the top of the mountain. Um, I didn't feel any of the pressure to, to complete the goal and to beat the game, um, but but I enjoyed the process throughout, and the music had so much to do with it. But I think in general, my experience of it was made so much better by the fact that they really, or he really puts you in a mindset of, you know, this is different, this is outside of the norm, just enjoy it, just go with it.
2: I think you nailed it, Mike. Um, th- I find with this game, it's essentially like, no matter what we do, we will not ruin this game for anyone listening to this podcast because like that final end goal of getting to the top of the mountain or returning, whichever you kind of decide is the final bit of it, that doesn't ruin the experience of the game. I think you could, anyone can could listen to this fully, go play that game and still enjoy it almost as much as we did um just because it's the journey to get there is what um i guess is the best part about it
0: yeah and like i play this on an over 5 year old laptop at this point And it ran, like, incredibly smoothly. And as I was playing it, I had my PS4 controller. I was sitting on the couch. And it is, like, exactly the cathartic experience that I needed in this time. Because I just kind of sat there. My controller, the outside world faded away. The music that I'm sure we'll dive into a little bit later, like, is lo-fi as well. Which is, like, incredibly my thing. So, just playing this game, honestly, for two hours was... Like I have a smile on my face. It was a dream.
1: It's so interesting, Mo, that the way that you put it—that you know—you can't quite spoil this game because um, if I think if I'm reading between the lines, it's you're saying that it's more about the journey than it is the destination, which is the, the top of that hill. Um, and 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 really, if if you take a take a step back and look at the story that he tells, which we haven't really gotten into much, um, you're playing Claire, and you you don't quite know why you're you know, on, on this island until the story progresses further. Um, but the story continues to, to, to be a little bit about taking a step away from the technology, taking a step away from, um, the, 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 the current pace of our life and enjoying it and being a little bit more meditative. The, the MacGuffin that gets you to the top of the, of the, of the hill uh, or the top of the island is that you need to get cell phone reception. Um, and, and, you know, you find in good time that it's for a good reason and that, you know, you're doing it not because you need to check all the text messages and and, and social media from your friends. Um, but, but it is nonetheless, the fact that, you know, you don't have technology throughout this game, um, and you do get to disconnect. and, And I think that contributes to the, the really refreshing and, and, uh, peaceful atmosphere of the game.
3: I think another thing that helps sell the narrative through like the side conversations along the way up towards the top of the mountain on the island, uh, there there's certain characters that are living these troubled lives that are very contemporary, even though they're on this kind of low tech island. And I think they say that there's a cell phone tower being built there at the time. So they're starting to get there uh, modernized, but like there's one student or student, I should say, there's a little kid, uh, who is scalping these golden feathers to you. And he's, <laughs> he's bought them all up from like the park center. And, uh, in order to get a bunch of them quickly, you can buy them from him, but at an exorbitant price. But if you keep talking to him and persist through the dialogue, you'll learn that he's doing this in order to help save up for his next to tu- uh, semester of tuition. And he, he knows that even with these scalped prices, he's not going to have enough, And uh, like little things like that help ground this as a very modern game, even though it's not flashy with technology. It's not trying to make pop culture references. It's just very full of self-doubt that feels very fitting to kind of like an adolescent or young adult sort of um, discussion.
0: And I think it's particularly um, maybe relevant to the Canadians on the call because Adam is from Toronto and he... Uh, kind of based the setting on an Ontario provincial park, um, on Algonquin park and he actually used the colors from the like Ontario shield to be able to inform the color palettes that are going to be in the game. So for yeah. us, you
1: know, the rest of Canada is not going to like you, Jacob. The,
0: <laughs> the Alberta is going to be like, ah, but um, but no, even for <laughs> us, it was particularly like poignant to say, I know exactly where he is and exactly what that is in real life.
1: It did feel like home a bit. The, the color palette felt home home like mm-hmm. um, and, and it might have something to do with it being so close to home. Um, it could just be that, you know, that's the atmosphere that he builds. Um, but it, it definitely had um, it definitely had that that relatability. As the token uh, Floridian
3: here, that's something, a reference point that I didn't have. Um, I think that's super cool. When I was listening to your episode on Detroit Become Human, you mentioned like some of the physical locations being realistic to your own experience. That's just one of those things that um, I think is really cool for context that I would not have picked up on. I just thought this was completely randomly generated. There was no realistic basis for it but that adds a a layer of meaning to it so i like that
0: uh just a quick sidebar um what do you think the best game based in florida
1: is (laughs) i can't think of any actually i'm sure there are some
0: we'll go research that after the podcast
1: okay (laughs) uh it's definitely definitely miami vice oh yeah yeah of course those would be there or vice city sorry (laughs) i don't know how i missed that. i'm usually pretty embarrassed and
3: apologetic to be from here so I, I, (laughs) i don't wear that as a badge of honor too often there are a lot of florida man stories
0: Question, did any of you guys collect the silver feathers in the game?
1: I found one. Okay. But I didn't know what it was for, and I think I got it near the end of the game.
0: So the
3: silver feathers... No, I I don't actually... When I told you I went back up to that tower um, that Mike mentioned from the beginning and I found that extra pair of binoculars atop the mountain, there was a silver feather up there. And having not played the game in three or four months since I first played it, I forgot what the silver feathers did because it didn't add to my count. Can you remind me? Are they like gradual mini feathers?
0: Yeah, so they don't actually come up. So on the screen, you'll see the number of golden feathers you have in the bottom left-hand corner of the screen. The silver feathers don't show up there, but essentially all they do is they make every single one of your jumps higher, and when you run, it makes you faster. So when you collect both of those after you finish the main game, what you'll find is that your character can jump so much higher with every single jump, and it I would almost call it game-breaking, but at that point, like it is exactly what you need because all you want to do when you finish the main story is you want to like collect all the other things and talk to all the characters that you've missed and it was like such a great design decision in my design, design design decision in my mind because it allows you to get through the rest of the game at like a very breakneck pace and just see what you want to see before you kind of end your time with it um i think we've talked about the fishing we've talked about the um the, the rubber flowers, the bucket, the, um, did any of you guys play, um, beach stick ball for any extended period of time?
1: <laughs> I did. I think I had a, a top score of 24. Ooh. Okay. Mine was 33. I, think I got, I got something extra for beating 20. Did you get, was there another tier there?
0: Yeah. So if you do 10, you get a golden feather. If you do 20, you get a bunch of coins. And then if you get 30 or more, you get a baseball cap and an achievement.
1: See, I bought the ha- the hat from the visitor <laughs> center, so I was looking just like Aunt May with the with the ranger cap. Once I had beat the game, I was like, I've got like four or five hundred shells here, or or coins, or whatever they're worth. Um, and I was like, time to spend these. Time to find ways to to make make it worthwhile.
2: Man, I was so reckless with those golden feather salesman people. <laughs> like, um, I think the first time I went up, I was like, nah, I won't buy it. Um, and then when I did buy it, they had that hat available for a ridiculous price. And the second I had enough money, I bought it. I definitely regretted it right away though. Cause I figured maybe I wasted money on something.
1: You had millennial purchasing habits.
2: <laughs> and I think the reality really hit me once I got to the end and they're like, Oh, you need seven feathers. And I think I had like three or four when I bought that one. And I was like, Oh no, I shouldn't have wasted that money. Like, come on. But the hat's going to look so good on Instagram. <laughs> I needed it for Instagram and I needed that hat. It's time to get that clout. <laughs> yeah. Clout gang, clout gang. Speaking of aesthetic. Um, um,
0: um Mo, you, you talked about the lo-fi aesthetic of the game, um, but how would you describe to someone that isn't looking at the game what a short hike
2: looks like? Okay, oh my god. Okay, Someone has to be on standby to fill in, so uh, uh, Mike or uh, Blake, please help me out. So this will probably be completely foreign to anyone who doesn't know about the canadian public school system but there's this program we have where a police officer kind of comes to the classroom and kind of teaches you about like drugs and paraphernalia and like what you would see like what it is just kind of to explain things so there's this one portion where they kind of give you these goggles where they put like um vaseline on your goggles so you kind of can't see straight it's supposed to show you what being drunk feels like <laughs> so pretty much what I, what it is is you're you're reading a dr seuss book yeah. while wearing those goggles, so it's as if you're drunk and that's a short hike
1: nice love it i love the uh the the journey that you took us on to get us there um i would describe it you know i think my my initial description of the game summarizing it uh, got to it quite a bit which was it seems like the wind waker aesthetic uh, but with a pixelized filter over it and you know if you watch the gdc talk that that he does um he hits on a really good point, which is that by putting this pixelized filter on, it it helps account for you know some of the lack of artistic skill, but allows the player to fill in the details with their imagination. Um, and it's it's always been something I believe that mediums that give you less um, are far richer because it allows your imagination to take over and fill in the gaps. Um, so you know, definitely, definitely, I think one of the things that plays into its favor, even if you know, at, at first glance, it's not the most visually appealing uh, game. It doesn't have the crispest graphics, but it, it definitely has a, a distinct aesthetic of its own.
3: Um, I think one of the things that plays off of the whole interpretive nature of this uh, visual style is evidenced by the amount of just fan art that I've seen. I don't know if you've been around on Twitter or on the Steam page or wherever, but more than most games of this size and scope, as far as indie projects go, I've seen so much more Um, from like just little representations of Claire's character or Aunt May or all these little just environmental moments. Um, I I think that it really allows for a rich kind of diverse interpretation of how you want to read into um, how those characters are represented within the story.
0: I think when I think about it, it, it's very much like if you looked at the original very much like that, Uh, it looks like an old FMV video game on PC, but like with like cartoon graphics instead of real people, um, you guys have kind of covered most of it. But apart from the visuals, to me, I talked about the sound. But the soundtrack by Mark Sparling was like was super great. And although it was only you know ten or eleven tracks, I think. You know, you would move through the environment and depending on what you did, there may be sound effects that would come. Like if you started running, there was a little like running sound effect that would come. Um, and some of the music would transition in and out depending on where you were on the island. Uh, it was also lo-fi aesthetic, but like exactly what I wanted from this game's music. There
3: were there were two standout tracks for me in this game. Um, one of them was See You at the Top, which uh, is kind of, as the title suggests, is as you kind of get closer towards the top of the mountain. It's like a 6-8 song, but it has all of these varied syncopated rhythms going on in it that make it such an interesting tune to listen to. Whereas most songs in the game are looping and they're, you kind of get their loop closed off by like 30 to 45 seconds. This one in particular kept like iterating and changing itself. I really liked that one. And the other one was um, towards the top of the mountain, the Hello track. With like the slow piano and all there is is really just like the wind kind of blowing through as Claire talks to her mom. Like there's some specific moments within the soundtrack that I think really elevate the whole experience.
0: There may be a track in between the hello and the the first track you described, but I think the one in between actually reminded me a lot of the mm-hmm. the game Celeste. Um, kind of the the snow and um, it kind of has a similar soundtrack, but this one. Um, I don't know how to describe but it, but it is a little bit different, but in ways it reminded me of Celeste's soundtrack.
1: What uh, what did you guys think of the story of the game? Like, I, I, I have to imagine that people wouldn't be giving it these, you know, great scores and feeling, like, floored by it if it really was just, you know, a journey up a mountain.
3: Well, I think this game kind of distills itself in a way um, that... We, we made the Celeste comparison just now with the music. I think that that game is really about, you know, coming to terms with personal struggles and climbing a mountain. Whereas this one kind of puts the climbing the mountain in the foreground and the personal struggle stuff is kind of tucked away neatly around along the way. Um, that's like a lot of people when they're describing this game, and I don't know if we want to veer into the specifics of this, of the ending, uh, but they describe the ending as a kind of gut punch. I saw that specific term mentioned a few different times about the phone call with Claire and her mom at the end um but that's ultimately not really the thing that stuck with me about the story. I mean, I think that the the visual of getting to the top of the mountain was extremely beautiful and it, that held its own very well, but um the narrative itself I thought was really um just kind of set dressing most of the time, but I mean that positively.
0: Yeah, uh I definitely fell felt the gut punch, because as Claire, I was just thinking, oh, she's waiting to hear from college admissions, or she's, you know, waiting for a job to come and and call her to see if she got the job. But, you know, spoilers, this is what happens. It's essentially just a call from her mother, because Claire is, is very worried about her mother that, I didn't know if she was frail or sick or something was going on, but she just wanted to hear her mother's voice. And to me, that was... Not what I was expecting, and it was just so like so pure, and not what I was expecting. So it it was a the smallest punch in the gut for me.
2: Yeah, this one definitely caught me off guard because like I immediately assumed it was because like it's a long work trip. You know, you're trying to get rid of the phones, but maybe this person is like has a heavy work life and it's all about emails all day, and they just need to find out oh did that sale close or did the project get finalized, whatever it may be, and. I didn't expect that Jacob's doing it to me again. That he's giving me a gut punch game where the tears are going to start flowing. And this one was one of those few games that really did that. For Jacob me. got me again.
1: No one told me I would cry playing this. I I definitely agree with Blake's point when he when he says the, the narrative is you know kind of tucked away. Um, you get at least in in my estimation, you get little nuggets of it throughout. And because the dialogue is so realistic, it, it's you know. Uh, he talks in his GDC talk about it being something that, you know, he just took dialogue of how he would text someone or how text conversations would happen. And I think that it feels really relatable. Um, and because the dialogue throughout feels really relatable, I related more and more with Claire. And then when you get to the the top of the mountain, you find out that it's a phone call and she's worried about her mother I don't want to say I was I was gut punched because I think that was more intense than I actually felt. But I did relate to the worry about my mom in a way that I'm not sure I would have had the the conversation throughout and the dialogue being so relatable and funny and punchy, um, you know, had that not been there.
2: Yeah, I think the dialogue was great. Like, there, it's it's another thing I actually wrote down was there's one conversation piece where um I think the main character w- um, was asked by someone else, like, oh, do you like rumors? Is that something you like? And the answer was, yeah, I dabble. Like, I love that. That's I actually wrote a note on my wall saying, like, add quirky comments to platformer for characters, like, just so I can kind of maybe get some kind of uh, comedy into the game, like
1: uh, how they did on the short hike. I love the little things where he pokes fun at... Uh, typical game design when you deliver the 15 seashells to the girl you know right at the beginning um she's like great and and he's like or claire's like well uh do, 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 do you have anything for me and she's like no like why would i i didn't promise you anything and claire's just like well uh, okay uh i mean i guess like i guess that's okay Um, like you should get a job. Um, and it was, it was really funny that, you know, when you end up delivering the necklace to Aunt May, you do end up getting the golden feather. And it is the moment that, you know, the game design comes full loop. You get rewarded for going on the, on the quest. Um, but it is really funny in the way that they point um, or that he points the finger at, you know, I know what your expectations are, and I'm going to subvert them just a little, but still make sure you're rewarded for the effort that you put in and make you feel positive about it.
3: That that final thought, I, I just want to bring that full circle as well. Um, Claire asks Aunt May when she finally does get that feather, hey, is this related to me bringing you that necklace? And she's like, nope, no, just found <laughs> it the other day, unrelated. That, like, just a tiny little layer of self-awareness.
0: But I mean, even even <laughs> the sticks, right? Like you could collect sticks and they
2: were pointless so okay so random question did you guys use the pickaxe to hammer that like money rock where you just smash it and like coins keep coming out like mario
1: yeah there's a yes i didn't know why we needed more than one pickaxe though
2: yeah it was
0: literally the money rock from (laughs) animal crossing like same and you would hit it and at the end of the game you summarize a lot of what happened to aunt may and also saying Aunt may just reminds me of spider-man i just needed to say that out loud (laughs) and claire just is recounting her entire adventure and she's like and and i hit a rock and a a bunch of money came out and aunt may was like yeah that sounds like a tall tale but okay you 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 keep going i'm paraphrasing but
2: yeah and that's something i was going to lead into too is like as soon as i saw the summary of all the activities you did did, because uh they're kind of going through it i was like oh no what else could i have hit what else could i have kind of created to add to the story of my adventure my short hike adventure i guess
1: Almost by design, I don't think it overstays its welcome. You know, I think it's it's something that you can get to the top very quickly. And once you get to the top, it sends you right back down to the bottom and you choose how much more you want to play. And this is the first game I've ever played that was this short and I was completely
2: satisfied with it. I was like, oh, perfect size, like one hour of good, enjoyable entertainment and no fluff, nothing too long. I loved it. I loved how short and concise yeah, um, it Yeah, Mo,
0: do you know what your final like play your minute time was? Because I know for me it was 113 minutes, and I maybe played another 45 minutes this afternoon.
2: Yeah, I think I do. I just have to find it on Steam.
1: I actually don't know how much time I put into it, um, and I think that was largely because I lost a sense of time when <laughs> I was there. I, I I didn't feel like I was counting the minutes until I had to do something else. It was it was restorative and meditative and and just felt good.
2: Okay, mine was 51 minutes. Whoa! Actually, I actually
1: remember buying it,
2: and then an hour and 10 minutes later, I was in bed, and I was over the game. So I knew it was for sure it was less than an hour.
0: Blake, do you have your playtime as well?
2: Yeah, I just looked. The first playthrough,
3: I spent um, 2.1 hours, and then today I spent another 0.7 jump it through so the fishing mini game
0: oh so good so good even (laughs) when you reel in and you pull a fish sometimes claire falls backwards it's this game's just great but i could go on and on mo go ahead
2: i only got one fish uh, and then i moved on to the next thing but if if i knew there's multiple fish and it was like a mini mini game i would have actually played it
1: i didn't catch a single fish but i just enjoyed sitting there meditatively fishing Like, the the act of sitting there waiting for a fish, I enjoyed so much, even if I never caught one.
0: Yeah, even even throwing your reel. uh, If you throw your reel in a smaller body of water, it can almost, like, bounce off like a bouncy ball off the ground and into the water. It's like, and the sound. This game, I could go on and on. Blake, did you have anything else you wanted to say about sound that I kind of cut you off about?
3: Oh, um, not really, Uh, but it it didn't click until you were talking about the money rock with the Mario comparison. Claire's jump sounds very much like an old school Mario game, a very boingy, bouncy sort of jump. Um, I really did appreciate that little touch
2: yeah there's a lot of stuff like that like animations and like uh, sounds that are associated with certain animations from jumping to like digging they could have easily made it like a simple basic game where you just wave your shovel and like that's how you dig but this one you're actually your character's actually doing it so it's like that extra little bit of effort and it's very efficient with like uh, the sound animation the length of time of
1: everything being done it was just so polished that reminded me you know the the walking the running the interacting with the world Reminded me a lot of Costume Quest. um, Of just the, you know, your little characters either walking or speeding around um, and having one element interact with the world. Um, The possibility space is a bit bigger here, but it it definitely reminded me of it. And one final
3: thing I wanted to mention uh, for anyone who has not played this game, there's this little painter character like an artist that you can find on this island and the thing that was so charming to me about it is that this person moves their their canvas and their their easel to different locations uh, to get these various landscape paintings and there's all this like vulnerability written into this character and there's these silly little moments like there's an area that pours rain on the island and you can find him in the middle of the pouring rain trying to paint a landscape painting because he's just nervous trying to get as many paintings done as possible um, that sort of thing, like those little moments where you have consistent connect the dot moments and interaction with these characters I found to really add that extra layer of life and charm to the experience.
0: No, I definitely remember that because he was like, I have this art premiere and there's this m- famous artist who invited me personally and I'm in the rain and my paint is going down the easel and I can't do any better. It, the writing was fantastic. Um, do you guys have any final thoughts about a short hike before we take a hike
2: on this episode? So final thoughts, I think it, this is a very well done game. And remember, I came in mad. I I was expecting it to be like the hipster style game where only a niche fan base likes it because they went to a conference and they saw the developer six feet away and they're like, oh, this is the best game ever just by default. But no, it's very well done. Every element is great. It's, um, people probably already own it in their stream, like in their libraries from some kind of service provider. Um, music's great. Writing is great. Navigation is great. Visually appealing. It's become that... I guess game for me where if someone asks like, Hey, what game should I play? This is going to be what I recommend because it's just, it's so pleasant, so short and it won't take up too much time. And I think anyone will enjoy a short hike.
1: I will echo that element of Mo and and say that this is one of the few games that I think I could almost universally recommend to people. It doesn't require much of you. It's very compact and tight. Um, It does a good job tutorializing, um, and it it doesn't overstay its welcome. It, there's a very low investment, very high return.
3: Um, all I really want to say is that this game is deceptive. I think that it's really easy to look at the aesthetic of it and dismiss it one way or the other very quickly, but I think I would recommend to anybody, don't just look at an image of the game. Actually, like, spend a couple minutes walking around in the environments because... The gameplay is so easy and intuitive, and I think that the dialogue really, like the characters, everything is going to stick with you despite the brevity. I I think that it works really well in its cohesion.
0: Yeah, to, to me, this is like the perfect Sunday afternoon, second coffee, rainy day game in that, like, you put on your headphones you know, put yourself into like a secluded area of the house and just lose yourself in it. And you will based on the, like, in the moment, in the moment, it's, it's like taking a hike in nature. You lose yourself in it and you come out two hours later. You want to never let it you go. Ne- you never want to leave it behind. So this, this is one of my favorite games of last year for sure. So hi- highly, highly, highly recommend and sorry for the left behind game club pun there. I couldn't resist. Those are our thoughts. And you
1: only have
0: one
1: shot. Jacob. Jacob wasn't picking it up, so I was like, maybe I need to just hit it harder. And you only have one shot to play this the first time. Oh my God. You should never let it go. Mike
2: wants that eight mile reference to go through so bad. And you know what? You've done this
1: game? Your palms will be sweaty by the end. And you can get back to Mom's Spaghetti.
0: And here's one place you can't find Mom's Spaghetti. The Left Behind Game Club Discord. Find it at leftbehindgame.club, and you can jump in and talk about video games, about game deals. I guess you could talk about mom Spaghetti in the off-topic discussion, but you can find that at leftbehindgame.club. It's a great place to meet great people. I know, Blake, you've been in there a lot lately, talking about uh, My Hero Academia, talking about the new PlayStation 5 controller that just got revealed. So, great place to talk about video games um blake thank you so much for coming on the show today it was a pleasure to get you on uh tell the people where they could find you and your work on the internet
3: yeah thank you so much for having me guys um i have been a big fan of your podcast for a long time um it's really cool to be able to come on here and put the faces to the voices i've been listening to for several months now um so i'm sorry In the they meantime. don't live up to the expectations <laughs> but you know <laughs> We do uh, li- we likewise, likewise, <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, you can find me over at epiloguegaming.com. Um, I'm working on trying to get out articles weekly. Uh, we, w- I just recently published a piece on Mutazione, which came free alongside a short hike. So if you grabbed both of those in the Epic Game Store free giveaway a couple weeks ago, highly recommend you pick that game up. Um, I've got a new piece coming out uh, at the time of recording tomorrow on a small game called Missed Messages. Um, and I'm most active on uh, Twitter at Ludo Narrative FM. Uh, that's also the name of my podcast. And I uh, I stream on Twitch at a shortened Ludo FM. So all those places. Tons and of things to what are out.
0: you primarily streaming on Twitch? Is it uh, specific games? I know you recently did a long marathon of uh, Pokemon Newslock. Is that how you say that? I've never said it out loud. nuzlocke Nuzlocke, thank you
3: so yeah the nuzlocke run you add these arbitrary rules to your uh, otherwise base vanilla pokemon game and i did it for charity where you could donate various rules to impose on me um i don't normally do a lot of pokemon Um, i'm usually doing single player story based things of all variety it really is just up to what i'm feeling i try to go from like genre
1: to genre you've recently been playing uncharted 4 right
3: yeah, just uh, started that a couple days ago. Um, Uncharted 4, just finished Danganronpa 2, and a really long binge of
1: The Witcher series. Very cool. Very cool. Mo, uh, if the people want to find you other places on the internet, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on almost all social media
2: platforms, at Um but mostly I'm in the Discord server because it's become like my go-to source now for gaming news, gaming deals, and everything in between. So I'm usually uh, in the Discord server, but you can also find me streaming once in a while at Shenron the Dragon on Twitch. That's that Dragon Ball Z reference, Shenron the Dragon. Um, Mike, where can the fine folks find you?
1: The fine folks can find me at RufaloM on most social places online or the Discord server. Um, I have become more comfortable with the experience of finding something cool gaming related and thinking like, oh, I should share this in the Discord and going there and finding out someone has already done it um so i totally agree with you mo it's now one of those places that i go to for for the the hot new stuff um especially game deals uh, but yeah you can find me online at rooflo at most places jacob where can the people find you at uh,
0: they can find me on all major social media platforms at jacob mccourt and at jacob mccourt.com michael what do we say to them
1: and that's one less game left behind